0: Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash
1: masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your
0: notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever.
1: Well, hello, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching, and welcome to a little bookie reading update. Hi, Amanda. Hi, bookie bookie reading? Listen, it happened, and I'm not taking it back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you coming say in hot, so. aren't
1: I? While I feel very strongly about bookies and reading
0: and updates. I have to say I have had since we've started doing these episodes, I have had like the reading year of my life. I have read so much and I don't know what it is about the fact that we do these updates often. That's like exciting about it or that's changed or I'm just having a good year. I don't know. I think it's like, yes, and right. Like you're
1: both, we're talking about it. So it's keeping it present of mind and it's get, it's getting you excited and you joined a book club. So that's part like,
0: yeah, well, that has not been, that has not been the, the best of my reading. Let's just say that.
1: No, but it's, I mean, it's just like we tell our students, it's the practice of reading that gets you into sure. reading that then begets more reading and reading and reading and bookies.
0: And bookies. And speaking of the struggles, right. I, I spoke with <laughs> abby gross on episode 140 very candidly about my struggles to keep up with reading lots of books during the school year and we actually had her on happy hour during the Uh month of september and she has this really cool resource called book brochures and basically like the brochures let kids take a personality quiz and it matches them with a book and i was just telling marie man like the that to me is such an amazing solution to the problem that I always had, which was reading a lot during the school year. And I know you're struggling with that right now too. I never could read this much during a school year.
1: Uh, It depends for me. It comes in seasons. And I've talked about this on the podcast many times. A lot of what I'm reading during the school year used to only be school things or only be PD stuff because that's all I had the bandwidth for. And then I eventually got to a point where, It was like necessary in my life and for my own sanity that I have things that are just for me that I want to read, that I read for pleasure. And so like, I've got a mix of both that I'm talking about today. I've I've got, well, and the things I'm reading for school are things that I highly enjoy, which I'll I'll explain in a moment after we get through this little intro moment. But it just basically, we will say this time and time again, (laughs) just do you. It's okay if you're not doing the things you used to do, it'll come back. It really will, or it won't, which means that time has passed and that's okay.
0: Well, and keep listening. Like, like that's what we're here yeah. for. That's what, you know, I, I'm name dropping Abby because we were, we've just been working with her recently, but like find your people who can help fill that in for you. Because I think yeah. that's for me, like book recommendations. I'm not coming across those in my daily life. I have to like go find them. And hopefully we're giving you a little bit of that here yeah. on the podcast. I think this is our third or fourth reading update this year.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And it it is fun too because it well like for me it makes me really take stock of like what I have been reading and what I plan to read and I do feel more like myself. Like I feel like truly Marie when I am thinking about books and I'm surrounded by books and I am reading a lot because I'm just that girl. Like I just am. And so embrace it and go with it. Right. The more I think about it, the more I take stock of like, okay, so I read a lot of fantasy. Am I just going to keep going with that? Or do I maybe want to diversify a little bit? You know, it
0: just helps you keep thinking about it. You also get to hear Marie and I talk about like how we think we might read each other's books and then we don't. And then we never do. (laughs) ever (laughs) literally ever Um, (laughs) yeah
1: no but it's okay hey some of you are here for the amanda stuff some of you are here for the marie stuff and some of you are right down the middle so if you tell us how to find the middle maybe we will someday but we probably won't you know what time it is amanda nope
0: it's time to cue the music You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools
1: to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And
0: I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes.
1: We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, Amanda, I am interested to hear. I've heard you talk about a couple of the books that are on your list that you've already read since our last update, but I want to hear again in fresh years. What
0: have you been reading since our last update? All my rage. All my rage. And I feel like all my rage is the rage right now. 100%. Yes. That's actually, you know what?
1: That is one from your list that I will read because it's on its way. It's
0: on its way to my house. It, and it's on its way to your classroom this is okay so Saba tahir wrote this beautiful story it's called all my rage i don't know why it's not in front of me at the moment but i all i have to say is like there's a reason everyone's talking about it this to me is going to be i feel like Saba tahir this book is going to become the next long way down okay like, you said it's going to be, it, yes. be a YA book that starts to become so mainstream in classrooms, it will become a contemporary classic. I just know that it will. So what's the rage? Okay, so the story goes like this. I'll tell a very brief version. Uh, we will link, of course, all of the bookshop.org goodies in the show notes. Yep. Um, we have... There should be no surprise here. Alternating narrators, which we all know that I love and is very trendy. I feel like that's, I didn't even go looking for it, but there's alternating narrators. We have a, we really do have a main character and she is going through a series. No, they're all main characters. I take that back. It's, it's really not, I tend to focus on the central female. I think that's a me thing.
1: Yeah. But But, I mean,
0: the only one, what's
1: cool about that though, is that then there's something for, multiple readers or like types of reader right to connect with
0: yes so we have a one of our protagonists and she is a refugee from Pakistan she was rescued from an earthquake by her uncle the entire entire village in Pakistan was annihilated and so her uncle like got to the site like found her as a baby and like brought her to America and has like been raising her but you know that like something's off about their relationship like there's something that's just not quite right our other main character is her best friend her male best friend the the story begins when you find out that like she kind of confessed her love for him and he denied her and so they're working through the awkwardness of like trying to stay friends even though she's like I totally love you and he's like well and they're trying nice. to stay friends. Yeah. Um, also at the very beginning of the novel, this boy, so like they've grown up together, right? They're childhood best friends. His mom, who the main character female calls auntie, right? They're very close. She dies, right? She has uh, not, she has a, uh, I believe uh, liver disease or she was on dialysis. Mm-hmm. And um, so she passes away from the beginning. So the story is interwoven stories about grief. Definitely like deep seated Untreated grief and anger, and how that's coming out. It's a coming-of-age story. Um, the kids are off the kids. This, these young people are getting ready to go to college, they're waiting to hear back from applications, they're trying to figure out what's next in my life. The male character is trying to figure out how they're going to keep their motel business alive now that the mom has passed away. So, like, there's just so many cool stories. Interconnecting here and it just it will take you on a ride. It's beautifully written. So when I say this is the next, I am predicting this the next long way down. It's because the literary merit is so there, the high interest is there, the real life story of engaging things teenagers are gonna love is there. It's so teachable and so enjoyable at the same time. It's beautiful. Yay. Did I oversell it? I hope I didn't oversell it. I didn't do much research before I read. I just kind of sat down and got into it. And I was like, oh, I get it.
1: Well, and I've seen it all over social media because that is yeah. where I get a lot of my own book recommendations is from social media. It's from yeah. BookTok yeah. and Bookstagram and all of that. Yes. Okay, so the books that I have read are not necessarily books lately. They are scripts- actually, since our last update. Anyways, I know I've said it on here, but I just like for clarity's sake, I am teaching drama again this year at my school and I'm teaching English at my school. And so I am going to be like co-directing and helping to produce multiple shows in the coming season. We are going to be putting on, at least in this first term, the first two quarters, we're going to put on a fall play and a fall musical. And so that is what I've been reading over and over and over again. I've actually read two plays in the last couple of weeks. One that I was rereading, it's called Noises Off. It's a pretty, like if you are a theater person, you generally know Noises Off. It's a really small cast. It is a farce. It is a fast paced comedy in the spring, I was like, yes, my students are so ready for this. This is going to be great. They're really talented. And then I f- like let myself forget that this was kids in May. And then as I was rereading it to get ready for kids in August, I was like, "There, we, I cannot believe I'm about to throw this like, highly technical play at kids oh, in August my. like with British sensibilities. And these American kids post-COVID, it was all of these things. Read that play, said, oh my gosh, I still love this. Not right for my kids right now. And then I went back to... One of my favorite, favorite (laughs) plays. It is called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare, Abridged. And it is written by the Reduced Shakespeare Company. The Reduced Shakespeare Company is a three-man troupe. What are their names? Adam something and something. Daniel, Adam, and Jess, I believe. If you go on YouTube, and we will link them in the show notes, these videos, uh, to... A recording of the original trio performing pieces of the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged. They do a hilarious slapstick, like, just romp through all of the works of William Shakespeare. (laughs) It's so good. They all play multiple roles. They do the tragedies, the comedies, the histories. It's fantastic. We are going to produce that this fall. Actually, by the time this comes out, we're like knee deep in production. And I think it's going to be just right for my kiddos. So like my reading experience right now, while Amanda was talking about how this is going to be, you know, great in classrooms, this is actually my text for the first quarter for my advanced production class. They are going to learn so many cool things about just like the art of comedy, physical comedy, spoken comedy, like the cadence at which you can land a joke and like, I'm very excited to teach them all of these things and to like, just bring the joy of Shakespeare to our campus. Because so as I was asking students, I was like, okay, we have a few different choices. What do you guys want to look at? And they were like, we think Shakespeare. And I was like, seriously, that's surprising to me. They said, yeah, because by the time, you know, like three quarters of the school has read some Shakespeare. So like, they'll at least be able to connect with the Romeo and Juliet bit which is the opening of the show. Well the opening of the show is like a little prologue and then there's Romeo and Juliet. That's what you can find on YouTube and it is so funny and I highly suggest this as a quick read. I mean it's it's a play so you could read it cover to cover in 2 hours, you know? And oh it's has got to love it. It's so fun.
0: It's so fun. I am conjuring, I can feel the listeners right now, they want to ask this too. I would love for you to put on a mic and record one of those classes. Like I want to hear, I want to hear hear me directing comedy. I want to hear you teach comedy. Really? I mean, YouTube would be weird because you probably, you can't put your students on there and like, but if you mic'd yourself for one of those lessons, that would be such a blast to listen. Like I feel like we get like, listen in on it. Let's do it. It's a request. A request from listeners. Listener request. Listeners, you need to Long-time listener. Long-time listener. First-time caller. Yeah. (laughs) I think it'll be fascinating to, like, listen in on your class. I would love that.
1: Uh, I'm all in. I'll do it. Well, and, like, the cool thing about stuff like this class, this production class, right? It's the kids that are dedicated to the drama program. And they want to be a part of all the things because then we're doing a musical, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. I want to hear about your next thing because it's another script. Yeah. Listen, people, I'm just reading scripts about getting back to my roots. This is my theater roots. And these are fun, too. Like if you put on your teacher brain outside of the drama classroom, it's fun to just bring in things like if you teach – An English class where you do Romeo and Juliet, why not bring in the scene that acts out Romeo and Juliet and see, you know, what kids can do with it? Like, it's just a fun way to diversify what's going on in your classroom. And it's a fun read for nerds like me. (laughs) Wow. And I've read it so many times and rereading it again. I'm still like giggling to myself like an idiot. Oh, well, then it must be good. Then it must be good.
0: Okay. So mine, I, they're not really in a very logical order for recording. So whatever, I'm just going to keep going. I recently finished another book by Luis Alberto Urea. You might know him from Into the Beautiful North, uh, The Devil's Highway. He's actually from Naperville, which is where I was born and raised. I was raised. I was born in New Jersey, but he lives close by. And I really think I should probably do an interview with him because he's a big deal author. Like he's yeah. really amazing. And his most recent release is a book called Good Night, Irene. And I did recommend it to Marie. This is a book that Marie won't read, but I think that she would love. Um, (laughs) Maybe I will. (laughs) No, but maybe you won't. You know, it's it's a very... (sighs) Okay, so premise. Historical fiction. This is the story of two, really two women who are... Dissatisfied with life as it is, and they join the war effort during World War II. So they leave their homes. One's from an, like, an Indiana farm, the other's from like, a very urban, classy upbringing in New York City. And they both say, Screw it. We don't want our lives like this. We're going to go do something crazy and, you know, whatever, travel. So they go to, you know, their training. And basically, what the call was for as a branch of the Red Cross, these women were called to basically drive tanks, they're food trucks, but they're tanks and they're serving coffee and donuts to the troops. And so they kind of go from this transformation of, you know, just serving coffee and donuts to being in it Mm -hmm. with the soldiers and like having to, as women do and as teachers do and as moms do be the ones to be solid while everyone else is falling apart and to provide and to be something comforting amidst turmoil. And like, there are so many layers of that throughout the story. I love that we get like, you get the story from New York to DC to coming across the Atlantic, landing in Europe, multiple cities and countries in Europe during the war multiple interactions with like soldiers, there's love, there's romance, there's bombing, there's all kinds, it's all over the place, which I absolutely adored. And there's mental health discussions, there's political discussions, there's gender discussions, there are so many cool things happening. And I just found myself very surprised because it was historical fiction, it was a war novel, which (laughs) war novels, I would not put on like my... Love to read list, but I don't think I well, really understood that till I was pretty deep, and then I was so in love with the characters that I was like, "Tell me more." Plus,
1: you have been particularly into historical fiction lately, like I've noticed. In I have,
0: I, I think it's all Ruta's fault.
1: Yes, it's not a complete, you know, like turn from memoir, but like you've definitely taken a little. Yeah. Little detour, a little bit. I do, I
0: do blame rudo Pedes because I think Salt to the Sea is what kicked it off, absolutely, and then it just kind of kept going. But I really picked it up because of him, yeah. And Urea's other books dealt much more with the Mexican border. So he is mixed; he is half Mexican and half whatever his mom is European. And so this is this story. That's the punchline. This is the story of his mom. Mm. Or that's his grandma. Right, Maybe yeah. his, no with his mother or his grandmother. Now I'm like losing my track because the story spans these women's lives from yeah. like their 20s till when they're grandparents. So like you get this like multi-generational, that's Elizabeth Acevedo's fault with family lore. So like it's it's like all <laughs> the generations of their lifetime. And like, you know, what what is how do you come back from what they've experienced? And you get all of that. The novel's very long. <laughs> That's cool, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those that I feel like I would like. It would just take take like, making myself starting it. And then starting it, I'd be good to go. Okay, well, tell me. You've got more that you have read than I have read. So let's keep going through your list a little bit until I get into my next script.
0: Yeah, the the other two are short because they were good. But they weren't, like, those, those first two were my five stars. I then, I was dipping my toe into some fantasy. I know. I know. I read lore by Alexandra Bracken and this is a series. So I'm thinking about like kids, classroom library situation. And I actually really liked lore. I thought lore was probably a hundred pages too long, but knowing that it's lore and it's mythological in nature, like that kind of checks out that it was a little too long, (laughs) Um, but I didn't, I didn't hate it. And I actually really, really liked the main character. I liked her voice. It was definitely YA, but it didn't read with that kind of, that voice like there are there are some y a voices where like certain phrases are repeated over and over again yes, like i know what you mean it was not like that i but and the fantasy was palatable so there are definitely two different worlds which all right okay soaking it in here and the gods and goddesses of olympus are kind of like for every seven years, there's kind of like this giant clash and they try to sort out, like resort out who's in charge and the power and blah, blah, blah. It's so, like, we find ourselves like in this transition period and, trying to figure out like, right. Who's going to take power back back into like that next stretch of seven years. So it's like the worlds are blending together between New York city and Mount Olympus. And like Athena is taking on human form and she's leading us through this whole, it's a battle kind of, there are a lot of battles oh, which yeah. to me are hard to read, but cause I'm kind of like just, well, what happens at the end? But that's how I am in a, an action movie. I'm like, I don't care about the action. Like just what's the result. <laughs> But it was good. I think kids would really like it. I might read the second one, but it was good. I'm glad it was not a waste of time. It was like a a four star read for me. And then I picked up I loved Glass Castle. I especially loved listening to Glass Castle. You know me as an audible girl here. Um, I read Jeanette Wall's newest story that is a fiction story. This is not about her life, but you definitely can feel it. It's called Hang the Moon. It was slow to start. At which I, I feel like memoirs often are. But this one's not. This is oh, fiction. Oh, it's not a memoir.
1: That's right. That's right. It's
0: not, right. not a memoir. So, like, I know her from memoir, from Glass Castle. And this is her first, second dip into fiction. Okay. And so the the premise is of a young girl growing up in Appalachia, and like she's a tomboy and she's kind of navigating the world as a woman in her time. Um, And it kind of goes from her childhood through her adulthood, wherein she basically becomes a. bootlegger runner like she's driving the cars and it's, it's like during the prohibition era and she's a leader it's like this this young girl grows up to be a leader amongst men amongst clans and you know mobs and she there's a lot involved in this like 1920s look at very rural south and it's very, very interesting. And there are parts that are better than others. Sure. Uh, I, guess I, I thought that it was a little slow for me, but my loan expired at the <sighs> end. And I, I'm t- I, I, it was slow, but I needed to know how it ended. And I had to wait to oh, renew no. my loan for like the last few <laughs> chapters. And it was torture. So it was, oh this was gosh. a good four star read for me. I really liked it. If you liked Glass Castle and you liked Jeanette Walls and you liked that kind of, that slice of life that she presents, this is a very cool option. I don't know about teaching it, but definitely it would work for supplements. I think excerpts would work really, really well. A lot of the chapters can stand alone. It was awesome. Same with Good Night Irene. I think there are a lot of sections that could stand alone powerfully. So Okay. Yeah, those those are my big updates. And and I'm not going to bother with all the the ones that disappointed me. But I am going to say, the one that did disappoint me that I texted you about, I need to take it back. The last Quintista was disappointing. Oh no. I you guys I texted Marie and I was like, this book has everything. And then maybe for our next update, I can go through why I was so disappointed, but Okay. I didn't finish it. I returned it. Well, that's juicy. (laughs) Ah. Hi everyone, welcome to our little middle segment of the podcast. I am cracking up because today's segment is actually scheduled to be a happy hour teacher shout out. We have three teachers to shout out and one of the three just sent us a voicemail that was leaving me in stitches. So before we get into it, this segment is brought to you by happy hour, the members only side of the pregnant teaching podcast where we talk about all things serious and lesson planning, and all things ridiculous. So we want to give a shout out to three amazing teachers. I was just dying because this listener, her name is Elizabeth. She sent us a voicemail that was a follow up to one of our happy hour episodes about when we encounter students in the wild, right? In air quotes, we put that in air quotes. And we shared our stories on happy hour. And Murray and I were just like in stitches sharing this ridiculous story. And Elizabeth sent us a voicemail and told us all about a time that her husband actually found his students in the wild at a very unlikely event. So I love you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for being a listener and part of this podcast experience. We love talking to you and have loved getting to know you. Thank you for all your hard work in Camp BNT. And speaking of Camp BNT, we had another incredible fan of the podcast and friend of ours because I've gotten to meet this person in real life. Elise Dickerson, we wanted to send a huge shout out to you. You are an incredible human. We love you. Thank you for being a member of Happy Hour. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Thank you for working with us this summer. If you caught any of the stunning graphics over in Camp BNT or if you're watching the reels over on Instagram, Elise is like 99% responsible for all of that graphic design. She does incredible work and she has just kind of been freelancing for a little while with us and we just love her as a human. She's an incredible, smart teacher and really talented in marketing. So who would have thought? Thank you. Thank you to Elizabeth and Elise for helping us so much this summer at camp. We adore you. And we also want to send a shout out to a brand new Happy Hour member, Reggie. Reggie is from Wisconsin. He's not too far from me. And, Reggie, I have not forgotten that we needed to have coffee sometime and get together. So, welcome to Happy Hour. We're so glad that you've joined us and anybody else who wants to hop in and join us in happy hour. It is a good time. It is a $5 a month commitment to hang out with us for as many or as few (laughs) months as you want during the year. We love having you over there. We have 15 minutes of the podcast in addition to what you're getting already here for free every single week, totaling that magical one hour. And we also put out a resource for you every month to use in your classroom. In the past, we've done resources on evidence trackers, rubrics, jigsaws. We did a whole month on To Kill a Mockingbird. We have done a month with a guest. Abby Gross was just with us and her resource was featured in Happy Hour. Uh, We looked at her brochures for helping students choose their books for independent reading. There are so many cool things over on Happy Hour that we would love to have you and we would love to give you a shout out too. So who knows if you join Happy Hour, maybe you'll be the next teacher that we give a shout out to. All right now, back to the show.
1: Alrighty, let's jump back in. I have one more thing that I read, which I was talking about before, which is another script to share. And then let's talk about what we plan to read. Yeah. Okay, we'll So the musical that we are going to be doing this fall is the Adams Family musical.
0: Oh, I want to come watch it.
1: <laughs> so excited. We're going to do it on the weekend before Halloween. Like I'm, uh, we're going to be, do- it's a big collaboration with our, we have a brand new choir teacher at my school and he's amazing and he's done the show before. Oh. Um, um, it's just going to be fun. Like, I'm excited for the community outreach part of it. I'm excited for the visual arts classes to do a whole lobby display because, like, the imagery with the Adams family, period, but then especially like the musical is, um, it's all like family portraits and, like, it's
0: That's so, so adorable. to
1: see what kids in the fine art and like visual art classes come up with. It's going to be really fun. And so I have been both reading and listening to, like I've been reading the script, the libretto, and I've been listening to the Broadway recordings, which are a little bit different, but like I can't get enough Nathan Lane in my life. Oh my gosh, never. Like he's just so good. And so, I mean, he starts off with the opening number. Oh, it's so God. And I'm excited. And it's going to kind of bridge from the kids that are in the play like the Shakespeare play, they're going to take a lot of that like fast paced and just like feeling the timing of comedy and plop it into a musical. And I think it's gonna be such a great growth experience for them. But for me, I love reading scripts, like I said before, and reading through this musical and having the music just like playing in my house all the time is just really fun and exciting. And it gets me excited about Halloweeny and all of it. Speaking of Nathan Lane,
0: did you ever get into Only Murders in the Building?
1: Yes. And I realized I kind of let it drop off like at the end of the school year. I was behind and watching, but I keep seeing on like my Instagram feed all of the ads for the new one. And I'm like, okay, I need to get through season one and then season two. And then here we go. But I also don't don't, need to finish season three, but I need to finish my rewatch of Glee as well. I mean, there's like a lot. There's a lot. I'm very busy. My dance card is very full. What are you going to read? I am going to read. Okay, this is like super trendy. I may have talked about this in one of our past book updates. I just never got to it. I'm going to read Fourth Wing by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca Yaros. Fourth Wing is taken book social media by freaking storm, especially earlier in the summer. Yes. It was everywhere. And I was just doing other things. I wasn't quite ready yet. And now I'm ready. So I'm excited to read it because I have gotten to a point where I am now waiting for the other books in the other series that I'm reading to come out. And everybody, including our friend Jenna Copper, has said, because she and I are always like right on with these books that we like. She likes it. So I I have big hopes for fourth. It comes today, people.
0: I just watching out the window. I placed a hold in Libby, but I don't think I'm going to get the book until like 2028. So (laughs) there's a long wait. Um, But I I can wait because I don't really know what I'm waiting for. So, but I will read it. I will. I will listen to it. I will see what I think. I'm not going to.
1: I've taken the jump and just bought it because enough people who I am aligned with liked it. And so I, I can just kind of go with that. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like all of the fantasy things that I need. Okay, what are you going to read?
0: Well, I'm going to share my latest book haul, because I don't know if I'm going to read them right away. I, it takes a very specific season of life for me to sit and read a book. I am definitely, as we've said a thousand (laughs) times, in an audiobook season of life. But I still buy books all the time. So there's a really cute little bookshop downtown in one of the little downtowns by my house. And so I picked up, uh, four, I picked up Goodnight Irene, because mm-hmm. I had already listened to it and they had an advanced reader copy sale and mm. I got it for like 30% off. So I was like, yes, because you will see close reading passages from there from me coming soon. So I got that. I picked up a thousand ships by Natalie Haynes. Do you know this? Uh,
1: I have seen the cover at Barnes and Noble, but I do not know it.
0: Okay, so I think this is like along the veins of like uh, what Madeline, what's her name, who wrote Cersei. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, Okay, so from the Trojan women whose fates now lie in the hands of the Greeks to the Amazon princesses who fought Achilles on their behalf, from Penelope awaiting the return of Odysseus to the three goddesses whose feud started it all, these are the stories of the women whose lives, loves, and rivalries are indelibly imprinted on history's most infamous war. A women's epic powerfully imbued with new life, a thousand shifts puts the women girls and goddesses at the center of the Western world's greatest tale ever told.
1: Well you're just like all about the Greek
0: mythology, eh? I, I mean so separate I mean I, I, I've read that a long time but yes I mean maybe let's see historical fiction yeah, I guess it is a trend. okay yeah. here's what' is not part of my trend. I bought going by coastal. This is a YA one. Okay. I know you've seen this cover. It's the yes. cover is of the one girl in the center and like her body is split in half. It's by Dahlia Adler. There's more than one path to happily ever after. Marie. Dun dun dun. Natalia Fox has 24 hours to make the biggest choice of her life. Stay home in New York City for the summer with her dad. Uh, and finally, screw up the courage to talk to the girl she's been crushing on, or spend it with her basically estranged mom in LA, knowing this is the best chance she has to fix their relationship, even if she doesn't want to. That sounds good. That sounds so like how, one that
1: my students would like, actually. That's yeah. kind
0: of why I picked it up. Also, the cover's beautiful. I love. Yes, it, okay. it gave me it gave me um, clap when you land vibes. I think it was because of the split cover. Uh huh. Um, and it's kind of beautiful. Um, and we'll, um, see. we'll see. And the final one is from someone that you know from author of Mexican Gothic. Ooh, I got yes. The Daughter of
1: Dr. Moreau. I want to read that.
0: Yeah. So I got The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. This one is, like I said, we've talked about Mexican Gothic on here a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but the premise, oh, guess what? Two narrators. Uh, we've got... Carlotta Moreau is a young woman growing up on a remote and luxuriant estate safe from the conflict and strife of the Yucatan Peninsula, the only daughter of a researcher who is either a genius or a madman. Love dun, that dun, already, dun. right? Frankenstein, thank you. Right. Then we've got Montgomery Loughton, a melancholic overseer with a tragic past and a propensity for alcohol, an outcast who assists Doctor Moreau with his experiments, which are financed by the Lizardes, owners of a magnificent hacienda and plentiful coffers. Okay. and then there's the hybrids the fruits of the doctor's labor destined to blindly obey their creator and remain in the shadows a motley group of part human part animal monstrosities this is going to work in your monsters unit this is yeah. giving you some of the opera vibes frankenstein vibes i this actually just rereading that just moved it up higher on the tbr <laughs> excellent i love it also the cover is gorgeous it is. The
1: covers for those books are so good. I love it. I
0: love it. Should we we should holler at Sylvia Moreno Garcia? Holler. I think she should like come that.
1: on the podcast. I yeah. agree. Okay, let's do it. Let's let's will it into existence. All yeah. right, friends. We hope that we have created a little moment for you to think about your own reading TBR, listening even. Because it's just fun, right? Like we are all about making sure that you do the things you love no matter what time of year it is, especially as a teacher and like getting into the practice of doing what you want to do so that you feel like yourself. And for us, that is reading the books that make us feel good or the plays or the musicals or, or, or. So make sure that you head to the show notes uh, for this episode so that you can take a look at our Amazon lists, our bookshop.org lists. Amanda will have her Audible recommendations there as well. And yeah, we will see you next time.
0: Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation
1: going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school.